0: Hello everyone and welcome to this very long episode of The Thedious Club in which we talk about Brexit. Uh, It's it's lengthy but it needs to be. We talk about the US with no collusion at all whatsoever. Uh, The gilets jaunes, the yellow vest movements in France and universal basic income and a few other things. This is episode number 125 and we're in March 2019. Hello everyone and welcome back to this crazy podcast, which is crazy not because the podcast is crazy, but because the world is a little bit crazy. I mean, I'm sure everyone always thinks, "Oh my god, the world is so crazy right now at every country, every you know, region of the world at every period of time in history." But the world is a little bit crazy right now. I mean, um especially in the UK. Um, and we're going to be talking mm-hmm. about that. My name is Patrick Beja. I'm from France. I currently am in Finland. So we're going to be talking about France a little bit as well. We have Tony, who woke up early in uh, on another continent to join us on the show. He's from the US. Hello. Welcome, Tony. Hello, Patrick. Thank you for having me. Thank you for waking up early. I'm uh, very pleased that you uh, continually brave our um, uh, uh, our biases to uh, come and show up on the show anyway.
1: Well, I don't want to ruin the illusion that I'm so dedicated that I got up early, but today I actually slept in for about 15 minutes on my normal day. So I, this was a break.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I could provide you with that opportunity. Um and lastly, that lovely laugh you also heard is that of what? Bruce, who is joining us from Scotland, um, in the part of the world that is providing endless, I want to say entertainment, but really despair <laughs> um, to everyone else. Hey, Bruce, how's it going?
2: Hi, Patrick. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's going okay. I think... Uh, my section won't be long today. Uh, Brexit's uh, quite simple, so, um, right, so I'm, right. I'm not really sure why you had got me on. So, but there we go. We'll
0: talk about it. Yeah, and I think you know what we discussed it before the show, and I think we. Your exact words were, "I wouldn't mind going first, so we get, uh, so I can get rid of the topic, uh, so I can get." Past it. I can't remember how you phrased
2: it. but Yeah. Get Um, it over
0: with. Get it over with. There you go. That's an English uh, language expression. Mm -hmm. So we want to get it over with. I think you summarized uh, the sentiment of the entire country and the entire, uh, at least Europe. I don't know about the US. Well, we might ask that uh, as well later. But um, yeah, we're getting tired of it. But we talk about Brexit almost every episode now, I think. And that's... To be expected, because it's uh, tantalizingly close. I don't know if that's the right word, but Bruce, what the hell is happening in your well, country?
2: How far do you want me to go back? I guess that's the question. Um, oh, I think everyone knows. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's go a few weeks back, maybe, you know, uh, the, ex- we,
0: the extended uh, uh, time, the People, I said, I almost said something uh, derogatory. The people in, in <laughs> Parliament have to decide what they want.
2: Um, yeah, well, the the um, I think the last time we spoke, there was uh, uh, Theresa May had gone to the EU and had finally agreed a deal uh, with them, um, and she brought that back to Parliament. Uh, and um, they promptly rejected that deal. It was the biggest loss of a sitting government in uh, in history, from what I understand, or at least in a very, very long time since the 1930s or even before then. As she lost 432 votes to 202. So um, what happened then was uh, she decided, well, you know, it's been decided i'll move on no no what she did then was bring it to parliament again uh and uh, it lost. wait a
0: second sorry i'm going to yep. i'm going to call you on this i'll move on what do you mean i'll move on she can't no. move on no one can move on it's like th- th- that's the problem it, they're like in the, in in a, a, a cul-de-sac it's mm-hmm. a dead end and they're trying to move forward against the wall just trying to move forward but they you, you can't yeah, I, I don't yeah. think it's fair to say she could have said, I move, let's move on.
2: Well, this is what she did. She kind of uh, ignored the initial vote or, or, or said, well, you know, maybe Parliament didn't know the full facts. So on the 12th of March, she brought the deal again um, and it got rejected again. Uh, second time. Um, so Parliament basically said, no, we don't like your deal. Basic, what, what what happened was the extreme Brexit right said, um, this is not uh, what we want. Um, this leaves us as a vassal state to the EU. This leaves us having to answer to the EU, but having no say. Uh, basically, what what they were saying was exactly what they said the EU was doing to us prior to the uh, referendum. It's it's quite ironic in that way, in that the deal that she got pretty much lays out the situation, and what in that they think um, the EU is is uh, somehow uh, an, a dictatorship, um, and the the UK had no say. What what they didn't realise, or what they did, and they just refused to tell people, is that. As part of the EU, as you know, we have a say in what happens in the EU. We have vetoes. The the by we I'm i meaning the UK. You know, we've got vetoes. We can we can um, uh, stop countries entering the EU. We can, you know, there's lots of uh, advantages. I'm sure you well know that the UK has above and beyond um, what a regular member would have. So
0: to be so, yeah. I think there's there there are two things here. First, as we've said from the beginning, and I think as everyone has noted, the, the membership of the UK in the EU was always uh, yeah. a, a special kind of membership because it ha- it got a lot of uh, special authorizations and, and special situations that made the UK kind of the... Uh, uh, it, it was the most tailored kind of membership you could imagine already yeah. before. And... Yeah. But... To, to, to be uh, you know fair to the people who don't want the deal, they might say, well, this doesn't change anything. And if nothing else, it removes um, yeah. our, our decision power. What we want is to not be part of the EU. And we've said that already. So that deal doesn't <laughs> work for us. Isn't that something that makes sense from their point
2: of view? well it, it it does when you when you say it like that but when you put it into practice uh, for instance there's a there's a very uh, prominent uh, pro brexit um, guy who his name's Darren Grimes and the the UK opted out of the Schengen uh, zone because they didn't want to have they wanted to have their own border controls etc and uh, as well as uh, the euro but but they opted out of the schengen zone and as we know switzerland are not part of the eu but they are in the schengen um but they still have uh, certain regulations and certain laws that they need to stick to within the eu but they don't have a say in them uh, switzerland themselves can uh, opt in and out of certain things but they can't have a say on the whole thing as a whole um so so anyway look what what the, what happened this guy uh, tweeted a couple of weeks ago oh i've driven from italy into switzerland and switzerland part of the eu and there were no border checks and the, the response was basically this is schengen this is what this is the uk specifically said they didn't want to be part of this because they wanted you know they wanted their own control etc which which has been given to them and so it's...
0: what he was what he was trying to say was oh look it's possible to not be part of the yeah. EU and not have border control so it will be easy to do for us as well when we're not part of the EU is yeah, that but, okay yeah but, but obviously require... Switzerland being part of Schengen uh, there are agreements that <clears throat> take the decision power out of the Swiss's hands for border control yeah.
2: Um, I'm sure there's uh, I'm sure there's uh, a Swiss person who could probably give more details on that. But what it does is it it does actually um, uh, require some concessions, uh, and and these aren't explained. The, the the leave voters will never explain it. They'll always give you the 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 benefits of this or that, but they'll never there's never any. Anyway, uh, what 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 happened then? So Theresa May brought this deal back for the second time um, to the House. Uh, apparently it had changed. Uh, nobody, the big joke at the time was, um, the change was they changed it to 1.5 spacing and from times new, uh, Roman <laughs> font, to aerial font. And that, and that's basically the long and short of it. They didn't change anything. They brought it back for a vote again, uh, and it lost again. Um, and w- it, there, there's been a big song and dance within the Tory party now. Uh, the, the the anti uh, the, the hardline Brexiters who want out completely, they want no deal. They want, they want the they, hard Brexit. Yeah, they want the hard Brexit. Um, I've said, as I've said, they think this deal will, uh, I think Boris Johnson said, make the UK a slave state of the EU. Uh, so fast forward to this week. Is um, he
0: wrong, though? I, don't, I, f- uh, I feel like if you get the kind of deal, I don't know the details of the deal, but if you yeah. want to stay in the EU and be subject to the EU regulations mm-hmm. and not have a say in any way in what they are, I, I again, I, I don't think the UK should exit at all, mm-hmm. but I'm starting to wonder if there is some truth to that way of looking at it.
2: He's not wrong. Okay. Uh, he, he he is not wrong and in fact and this is what i was saying this is what they were saying the uk was prior to the referendum mm. but and this is they are saying exactly the same things about this deal as what they said what they were saying about the uk's relationship with the eu before mm. um so the disingenu disingenuity yeah. that was, I guess was, so. before, <laughs> was was before was was before the referendum um Mm. but but
0: so it's like it wasn't true before i don't think it was it's a little bit
2: more true now but under yeah. the terms of that deal, yes, yeah. We mm. would leave the EU. Uh, this is another problem, is we have people saying, this is what the people voted for. Um, and so Theresa May saying, this is what the people voted for. Boris Johnson saying, this is not what the people voted for. All the people voted for was to leave the EU. There was no uh, no, no nuance to it at all. And, and that's mm. been discussed, I know, before on this episode, on this uh, podcast. But um, what happened? So, so this is what's happened. And Boris Johnson, for once, I, I guess a, a, a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> um, he, for once, he was right, and they, the, they, they basically said no. Um, and the DUP, who are the uh, Irish Unionists, it's a block of uh, ten Irish uh, Union. Um, uh, Representatives? The representatives in in parliament, um, they don't like it either uh, because they they feel that the backstop is a door in for the UK uh, for, for the right, EU. All right, so what
0: can you explain the backstop? What it is exactly? That's how they deal with the issue of the the border between Northern Ireland and Ireland, right?
2: Yeah, um, the backstop is it's a position of last re- resort, basically. It's um i don't know how to explain this best um it's the the good friday agreement that was agreed back in the i think 99 um basically stated that northern ireland uh had to always had a have an open border with ireland um and that because, and that Northern Ireland would also always have an open border with the UK. Um, this was to appease, I, I'm not 100% sure of the deal, but it was to appease the um, the nationalists who wanted to be part of Ireland and the unionists who wanted to be part of the UK. Uh, so basically what they said, okay, well, you, Northern Ireland will stay within the, EU, within the um, UK and... Um, you know, they'll have access to both uh, both there'll be, you know, there'll be a no border, etc. So that what the backstop does is it assures the EU um that the UK will maintain that border, the the open border between Ireland and the UK um beyond uh, you know any deals that are agreed, uh, because uh, as you can as you can imagine, um, the, with the UK with the UK leaving the EU, they would then need to have a border with the EU, which would be in Ireland, because Northern Ireland and Ireland would be not Northern Ireland wouldn't be in the EU. And, and, So
0: Northern Ireland is part of the UK, obviously, and Ireland is part of the EU. They have an agreement, the Good Friday Agreement, that says the borders are open. Until now, it was fine because the UK, even though it did have some borders, it was part of the EU. And uh, uh, now, with the UK leaving the EU, they need a border somewhere. And so the backstop was saying we'll have an open border in uh, between Northern Ireland and uh, the UK and no yeah. border between uh, yeah. Northern Ireland and Ireland? Yeah. It, okay, so it would still remain open. So the backstop yeah. means it's open and yeah. leaving the EU doesn't close that border. So it honors the Good Friday Agreement, right?
2: Yeah, what, what, what it is 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 nobody can agree on what the solution is, but the backstop is basically saying... Well, uh, we'll figure it out in the future. Uh, but until we figure it out, we'll just keep this in place. So until until then, and so and they the border claim-
0: stays open.
2: Yeah, so the border stays open, and they would say that um, that there wouldn't be a final agreement until you know until that had been uh, a solution had been found, which. Uh, keeps coming back as some uh, nebulous technical solution uh, that people seem to think is possible, uh, tracking people's phones, etc. I think I mentioned it before. Mm. Um, So it's a a kind of cheat in a way. Um, And so the,
0: the people in Parliament who don't like it, I guess, don't like it because... Either they're from Ireland and they're like, "What the hell are you talking about?" That means you're going to yeah. get go back on the Good Friday Agreement at some point, and we don't want to yeah. get roped into that. And the others are saying, "Hey, this is open border. We yeah. we what we specifically want is control our borders. We want to close that border."
2: Yeah, uh, I so think still no solution. Still no solution. I think uh, I tweeted Bart about this, our, our friend Bart uh, who's who's been on the podcast before, uh, because I had a discussion on Facebook with a friend who was saying that oh it's it's all a it's all a smokescreen. There's no actual problem uh, with the border, and um, you know Bart might be somebody who can explain this who, who lives in Ireland because it, I don't think anyone in the rest of the UK understands uh, the import and the importance. Of the open borders in Ireland and Northern Ireland, mm. um, ironically, well, what the the the, the DUP who, who are unionists, their inability to move on this matter might result in Northern Ireland actually rejoining Ireland again. Um, it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility now, so it might backfire on them big time. Um, okay,
0: so all right, mm-hmm. so the the Irish, the Irish issue is still there. Uh, yeah. The issue, the issue being. They have an agreement. The UK says, we will never close the border. Um, And now them saying, we want to leave the EU, which might force them to close the border somehow at some point. So they would go back on their agreement on the Good Friday Agreement. Um, So that's the Irish thing, which is still not settled. And now my understanding is, so first of all, they voted no on eight different variations of the (sighs) deal. Yeah, uh,
2: well, and, I'll go. Yeah. I'll I'll go back. Oh, sorry, I'll I'll run through this quickly. What um what happened after the second vote that voted Theresa May's deal down was uh, the Speaker of the House John Burkow, who is um is, he basically he he came back and he said, I am not going to allow this motion to come again. If there haven't been any changes to it, substantial changes to it, and um, some people have said he's interfering too much. Some people have said he's actually uh, applying the letter of the law. Um, the, the, there's different opinion on that. So, what what they were forced into doing was saying, okay, let's have these. Uh, what we will do is have uh, a, what what did they call them? Uh, indicative votes uh, on. This last week, Wednesday, was very, uh, very quickly uh, arranged where they had eight different versions. So this is Wednesday, the 27th of March, uh, and Brexit Day is Wednesday, the 29th of March. So after the second um, uh, refusal, Theresa May then went back to the EU and said, look, we're not going to have a solution by the 29th of March. So she went back to the EU. EU said, "Okay, right. You need to get this deal through because this is what we've agreed. If you get it through, you have until May the 22nd to arrange, uh, you know, the deal and 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 get all the logistics in place, etc. If you don't agree the deal, you have until the 16th of April. And we will just uh, basically cut you off. And and their their deadline is is related to the European elections. They don't want a non-member state, as in the UK, uh, voting in in European elections when obviously. they're obviously, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that's that's a standard. So thing. is it the 12th or the 16th of April?
0: Uh, I guess
2: oh, you know my, oh wait, uh, it might be the. Oh, it is the 12th. Sorry, yeah. Okay. So, it is the 12th of April.
0: So what happens now is that there is a final vote I guess today uh, the day well, we're recording the podcast on the 29th on on the Friday
2: on the 27th we had eight different uh right. things put to put towards parliament uh they had a big vote and uh basically they said no to each and every one uh there were diff- there were different options like putting it back to the people's vote uh, to the people to vote. There was a uh, customs union. There was uh, options from the Labour Party, from different Conservatives. No deal was on the table too. Um,
0: oh, wait a second. So yeah. Parliament voted no to no deal.
2: Yeah, and that's the second time they've done that. They voted after, after they voted May's deal down. They had a vote on whether they would accept no deal. It was a non-binding vote, but it was a vote where they indicated that Parliament would not accept no deal. I can't
0: so, I didn't realize they voted no yeah. on no deal.
2: Yeah. It um, is but,
0: so bizarre. I sorry, I'm <laughs> gonna interrupt you for a second yeah. and go to Tony um to get the you know the American perspective on this. And maybe Tony, you haven't really paid attention to this specifically, but it is so bizarre. Um I'm I'm guessing at least some people are talking about it. Whether you're paying attention or not is is another matter. But what do you think about all this?
1: You, you know, I really don't see much about this anywhere except in your content, so this okay. show and things <laughs> like that. So um, everything that I know comes through that filter, so it's it's probably um, – Pretty biased, although you did have that one episode <laughs> of the uh, the pro Brexit person, which I did listen to. Um, I- I'm sitting yeah, here that listening was, to it.
0: That was just, let me remind people uh, the episode from January. We had Gareth, who was a pro Brexit person. Um, if you don't want to go back and listen to it, which I I really encourage you to to do that. Um, it, he was as confused as we are now. Like he was originally <laughs> pro Brexit. He voted uh, leave but now he wasn't saying you know he was his conclusion was maybe i wouldn't have voted leave not because i don't want to leave but because it feels just like the biggest uh, uh mess the country has ever been in and his his uh he was laying the fault at the feet of david cameron who originally uh, started the 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 vote by the logic which makes a lot of sense which is if it wasn't possible then you shouldn't have asked the question. If it was this problematic, you shouldn't have asked the question. You asked the question, we should be allowed to answer it. And I think that makes a lot of sense. But, okay, if you want to go back and listen to it, go ahead. But, Tony, what were you going to say?
1: Well, I was just trying to put this in a perspective that I can relate to, which is very difficult because very different dynamics between the the nations and the European Union and the United States of America although we, we do have a, a union of states so i guess there are some similarities there i i i can only keep coming up with the idea that every time an election goes poorly for texas people in texas start talking about wanting to leave and it's <laughs> kind of it, it strikes me as a little similar and i'm just as as you're going through this story i'm just thinking about how awful it would be if they ever tried to leave because they would be going through these issues and I I just I can't fathom it just like you guys can it it's crazy. Mm.
0: I think it might it might be a semi similar situation if if Texas ever voted to leave and and the US agreed that all right fine you're on your own and Texas of course it's a much smaller entity than the UK but it was like Texas needed to start negotiating with the US and with every other country in the world without being part of the US maybe that would be uh, but even the the leaving process would be impossible but uh, um mm. all right so bruce go ahead what's happening now
2: okay uh i'm just i'm trying to get the timelines correct in my head cuz this week's been insane uh just just before those eight votes uh the the boris johnson who was had been absolutely panning the deal uh turned around he and jacob rees mogg who's another one of the pro uh brexit people turned around turned around and said oh uh no we support may's deal now uh we think it's a, really? it's a good deal because what theresa made it was said okay <laughs> if you take this deal if you accept this deal i will stand down so um I wonder what the incentive there for Boris Johnson and Reese Mogg were to to suddenly accept the deal. Uh, the 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 word on the street, I suppose, if you were to put it, and the opinion is that they suddenly saw an opening in the leadership of the Conservatives and they decided to change their minds. Um, this, to me, you, you don't showed, think it's
0: possible? They they thought, listen, we're not going to get a better one, and that's better than no
2: deal Brexit. So, well, that would have that would have. You know, I could have maybe believed that if not five or six hours later, the DUP, uh, Irish, turned around and said, no, we're still not going to accept this deal because it doesn't, uh, you know, say what you want about the DUP. They stuck to their guns and they're sticking mm. to their guns on this. Uh, so Johnson and Mogg turned around and said, oh, yeah, no, we, we actually, we don't want to support it now. <laughs> So, you know, it's an absolute scene in flip-flopping and uh, political – uh just knavery it's horrible um so so anyway those eight deals were all were all turned down it's interesting to note and i think i think it is even though there was no on all of them the amount the number of politicians who voted uh, yes was highest in the customs union and in the in the area where um uh, the the putting it back to the people's vote um, what's the customs union well, I, I don't know. It was that was okay. it. It was that they just won a customs union with the EU, uh, so something similar to what we have now, possibly. Right,
0: so something like Schengen, essentially. Yeah,
2: yeah, right. it, it, it might be we joined that, which would be mm. super ironic. Uh, and the no got again got ve- got l- the least support and most opposition. <clears throat> no deal, sorry. Mm. Um, so now we go back. So we've got that. That's happened. And uh, we effectively have not met the EU requirement of agreeing to Theresa May's deal. So the 12th of April is the de facto date where we will leave with no deal. And from what I understand, the EU is now saying, "Well, we have to prepare for that." Um, so wait, there isn't
0: another vote now? That's that's over. Yeah. There's there's no voting. <laughs>
2: What's happening today, uh, and I and, uh, was reading up on it last night and this morning, because it is now uh, in progress, what, what's happening today is that there is a, another vote going on, and it is only on the I'm trying to get this right the withdrawal, withdrawal part of Theresa May's deal. It's not on the future relationship part of her deal um so what they're hoping to there is say okay we've agreed on the withdrawal so we have met your regulations in that we need to leave by the 22nd of may as opposed to fall out on the 12th of april uh, does this make sense no um, nothing makes sense <laughs> I, so
0: they're voting on 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 whether or not The the hard Brexit would be to simplify it on whether or not on when the hard Brexit would be?
2: No, what what they're doing is voting on um, the hard Brexit. If we if we what the EU have stipulated is if we do not leave, if we do not agree Theresa May's deal, uh, we will have a hard Brexit on the 12th of April.
0: Right. Just to make it clear again, maybe it's a difference of the way it's being talked about. Mm. As an an EU citizen, Mm -hmm. you know, you you keep saying, oh, the EU has said this and what the EU has stipulated. Mm -hmm. I I feel very strongly that the EU did not want any of this. And you personally didn't want it either. You know, but this is not... It's funny because it hits me very strongly when you say the EU has stipulated. Yes, technically, we've pushed it. So we've said on the Mm -hmm. 12th, this is... But it it makes me uh, feel very strongly that... This is not the EU stipulating anything. This is us trying to arrange what had been decided from the beginning, right?
2: Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, Donald Tusk came out uh, this last week and said uh, there was a a march in London over the weekend um, uh, on Saturday uh, in which a million people attended, a million people attended uh, marching through the streets of London Um, that were we're attending to basically say we don't want to leave the EU. It was British flags, EU flags, people from all over the country uh, went. At the same time, there was a march going on from I think from Newcastle down to somewhere, uh, which Nigel Farage on the Leave side had orchestrated, which had 200 people. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> there there is a, there is a slight, uh, and and even then uh, it said he he hijacked another march, and then there's an online petition which i signed um which is currently standing at five million nine hundred and sixty four thousand eight hundred and eighty seven signatures so almost six million uh which was basically revoke article 50 and remain in the eu these are british citizens um well you know what
0: as sympathetic as i am to all of this there was a vote where there was about half the country so what like 40 million how many (laughs) uk citizens are there um Thirty or forty million who s- voted to stay—that uh, yeah, still wasn't 16, the majority, right?
2: Sixteen point nine against seventeen point four. Yeah, okay. you know that. Um, if we go back, if we want to talk about the the initial vote, um, it's come out recently that 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 vote was had many many problems. Uh, the the both Leave EU and Vote Leave were the two main uh, Leave. Uh, parties or or organizations. Both broke the rules. Uh, So, uh, ironically, it was a non-binding vote. And because it was non-binding, the Electoral Commission have said, well, it's non-binding, so we can't disallow it. If it had been binding um, legally, they would have thrown the result out. It's 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 one of those massive ironies. Yeah, that in that in in that. So that vote, and the the process that leads up to it, and the information that was given, the money that was given to the different uh, uh, the main main parties, the lies that were told, and yeah, the, the Remain did tell some lies, but nowhere near as as um, as bad as as what the, the lead people did. Um, well, and, and yeah, that, we can't that's re- demonstrably true, but, but I anyway, I understand. Uh, yeah. But, um, so, so yeah, 6 million and Donald Tusk came out and said, I stand with the 1 million who, who, um, 1 million Europeans who marched and he stands with the 6 million sick people who signed or 5 million back at two days ago who signed. And he's come out and he's acknowledged, uh, the European citizens, us Europeans who are st- stuck in this not wanting to leave the EU who want to be EU uh, citizens so um i'm very much with you there patrick uh, i'm very much with you in that the eu are just turning around saying what they've they have given every single concession and no matter how you how people try to say oh they're forcing us into that or this or that it's a negotiation process and they are doing what's best for the European citizens. There's no doubt about it, and you I cannot blame uh the e u negotiators in any way for um for their stance on this so so yeah i'm uh, <clears throat> i I've got nothing more to say on that i guess it's mm. it's 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 simply so, put yeah so so what's
0: uh, well, i understand your frustration because you are an <laughs> e u citizen and you're going to be forced yeah. to not be one very soon um So, I guess my conclusion is it's looking like uh, no deal Brexit is what's going to happen. And there would be a lot to discuss about how, you know, uh, 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 all of this would be very, uh, 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 would be worth a lot of discussions and it would, it will happen in the future. I guess everyone who is uh, on the, Remain side thinks this is a grave mistake but I think now we're probably going to have an answer like in 20 years maybe there's a you know 1% chance that the leave side saying hey we could we would be better off out of the EU um, which again I and, and many other people think is bullshit well in 20 years we'll know and we'll know for sure right at least there's that maybe yeah. it's better maybe you're going to be better off
2: um it, it's it's a possibility but at the moment we don't know what's going to happen in 2 or 3 weeks so uh, well it, it's, it seems it's you're going to leave the eu well right? if if tourism if this deal is is again shut down if they vote against it this week uh today sorry if they vote against it today uh, anything is on the table. Uh, it may be we come. There's going to be a discussion on Monday. Are we going to take one of those um, eight options and and look at the ones that got the most votes? And could there be that, that we say there's there's even talk and it's for the first time that all this uh, rubbish uh, for, for for want of a better word might result in in us saying well we just have to revoke Article 50, which is the um, which is the Leave EU article, and uh, and take our time, uh, use the European elections that are coming up, take part in them, and use them as a barometer for what the public want, and actually put anti EU and pro EU uh, ministers up against each other, and say, well, you know, vote vote for it, see what see what you want, and then we'll send to the and what European if the anti Pop- EU win again, <clears throat> then then we leave. <laughs> uh, you know but but it i don't know there there is mm. so much self interest in the politicians at the moment and they will turn on a dime they will not they will they they have no principles whatsoever i don't see any anything there and and through this all i'm coming out on the other side and i know you hate this but thinking you know what this might be best if we do actually leave because then scotland can say bye bye uk and we can rejoin the EU as an independent country. And mm. and I never thought I would say that two or three years ago. I never thought I would be looking at Nicola Sturgeon and saying, you know what, she's making most sense. Um, she's being painted horribly down in England, but she is she is making most sense. You know, she's she's come out and said that Theresa May is the only politician in history to try fall on his sword and miss. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <she's, laughs> um so so yeah, uh, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. I've tried to go through where we are, um, but um, I guess... All right, well... <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> I guess we'll have an answer by the end of next episode, although maybe even not, maybe. because there's the 22nd of May date, which might still be in play.
2: I am uh, I don't count on it, but I hope so. Mm. I, I, I think that, yeah, we just want an answer one way or another eventually. Yeah.
0: And just to be clear, I'm not trying to be glib about any of this. I think it's a very mm-hmm. grave topic and I have friends, uh, English friends and friends who live in the UK who are desperate mm. and it's not fun at all for for those people. It's almost like I'm turning to Tony now and it's almost like, um, I can't remember which state you live in, Tony. Um, I it? live in Ohio. Okay. So imagine, I guess this is (laughs) unlikely, but imagine Ohio decided that they wanted to leave leave the U.S. and not be American anymore, and you wanted to be American, and you're like, what the... I want to be American. I love hot dogs and (laughs) star-spangled banners. And you're like, well, no, you're not, you know. I guess in in the case of the U.S., you could more easily move to another state and still be there, but um, anyway. Well...
1: Um, yeah, I guess is that a, is that an option for for these people that you're talking about because like you said I can move, I have moved. I've been in I, I've been in a West Virginian and Ohioan, a North Carolinian. You know, that's not uncommon. Um, but is, is that something Bruce that is an option for people now since they're part you're part of the eu now could you go
2: well uh yes i think it is an option um well you uh, need and, to ask uh,
0: for citizenship right because yeah, the moment yeah. the uk bre- exits brexits your passport is is still a uk yeah. passport and you don't have residency you have to ask for residency at the very least which you could probably obtain but
2: yeah i'm, I'm sure there would be uh, the eu would be accommodating too, but there are Many reports of people who are, uh, who have, you know, one of the partners is a member of the EU is German or Italian, etc., and they've just decided to up sticks and go back to 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 Germany because they can't be bothered. I'm lucky in that my uh, mother is Italian, so I can get an Italian passport. Um, but I know lots of people are applying for Irish passports through. Um, through their grandparents, et cetera, so that they are able to travel freely. Mm. Um so yeah, there is there is there are options. Uh the, the only issue is that I'm I don't really want to leave here. I've got family, I've got two, yeah, that's two the children. Problem. So uh, um and and yeah, it's uh, I am I'm quite lazy, so having to learn another language is gonna be a <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, there's all <some> of that. <laughs> I think for all the differences in the US uh between the different states that have a lot of cultural uh, uh differences in spite of what we see of the US from the outside. Apologies. Um in in Europe, obviously if you wanna live in, in Germany or in France, it's very, very different propositions. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know, maybe maybe it's just as, as different in the US between you know California and 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 Ohio is probably not the same kind of life
1: I agree with that that you know there's there's language you know our language is all the same for the most part uh we <laughs> <laughs> um most people speak English uh but it, I don't your example of Ohio leaving I don't think that that is beyond the realm of possibility. I, right. I mentioned Texas because that that does come up. I don't know of if course, you guys were yeah. aware yeah, that yeah, of that comes up yeah. every time an election happens. Um, and you you will more often hear things like, "Well, the the middle of the country should split from the coast because there is a a cultural difference between the middle and the coasts," um, but. You wouldn't see one state, but and I, I don't think it's going to happen either way that of anyone course. leaves. Yeah, but obviously, obviously. I would see it much more of a possibility, although remote. That your your middle states could say, "Well, we've just we're fed up with the coasts," and and that's a a whole different conversation. But that's what mm-hmm. I could see happening. Although that's been attempted in the past, and it went very poorly <laughs> for the country go so as a well. whole. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, All right, let's move on then. We did a big uh, part on on Brexit, as is warranted. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's move on to the US with, obviously, uh, I think the thing that reached us the most is no collusion. No collusion. (laughs) Complete and total uh, uh, confirmation that there was no collusion. I mean, so what I'm hearing is essentially Donald Trump wasn't aware of any of the... uh, uh, (laughs) very uh, um, shady things that were happening under him, but he was not aware and he didn't collude personally. That's what I'm hearing. And uh, I'm guessing half of the country erupted in joy and the other half in sadness.
1: Sadness might be an understatement, but yes, that's pretty accurate. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, It it was interesting to see, you know, it came out last weekend, um, the the news that the the Mueller report had been submitted to the um, uh, Department of Justice uh, came out on Friday, and the only headline we had on Friday was no further indictments. So, of course, we can read that as no collusion, because if there was collusion, there would be further indictments. And then... uh, Over the weekend, I believe, or possibly early this week, uh, the uh, bar um, submitted his synopsis of the report to the House of Representatives. And basically what you said, uh, no collusion, um, and he has been, we'll say, exonerated of collusion. However, when you say he, you
0: mean Donald Trump, right?
1: Donald Trump. Yes, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, However, the report, while they aren't going to they did not find evidence of obstruction, they're not exonerating him of obstruction, which has become a talking point uh, of the media. The kind of uh, no collusion, but see, see, they're not saying he didn't obstruct. So that's still Mm. a thing. Um, But uh, it, it has been interesting to see the the reactions, especially of the people who have spent the last year, two years, saying that Trump is a, an agent of the Russians and so on and so forth. So uh, it's been a little, a little humorous uh, on, on my side because, as, as your listeners probably know by now, I am uh, on the right of the aisle. But um, it, it has definitely been interesting, and there's a lot of, uh, we'll call it vindication on the right of, see, we, we, we trusted him and it, and it worked out. Now, uh, you know that I'm, don't, I'm not an in Trump, I trust kind of person, but it was good to see that uh, a conservative president was uh, exonerated, at least of the, the big issue, which was potential treason and collusion.
0: Right. And so I guess you're not dancing around like, in 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 super happy mode um or maybe you are i don't know (laughs) but uh it's it how did you feel when you realized that he wasn't being indicted did did it renew or did it create some trust i know that as you said you're not a a, uh in trump in trump we trust kind of person your decision to vote is uh, uh, was motivated by your your one issue voter right it's uh, the uh, abortion issue, but what oh. do you think I guess about uh, uh, Trump himself and his cohorts? Does this report kind of change the way you saw him or his you know his administration? Or are you like, well, it's pretty much what I thought already, and you know, uh, how, how did it influence the way you look at your uh, government?
1: I I would say that it really didn't change my perspective too much on him and his administration. I kind of knew that he, you know, he always says that he has the best people. Well, we know from the past two and a half years that some of them aren't the best people, and. <laughs> the the earlier indictments against some of his folks that he had under him for a while uh, proved that i never i never saw evidence of collusion so i never made an up made up an opinion that he had colluded um, so it didn't really change my ass, my my perspective there uh, i i didn't know that he did so now i now i know he didn't so i would say that it probably would move my my Trump meter a little more toward him because I didn't know one way or the other. I didn't really think that he did, but I didn't know that he didn't. Well um, the question the I question existed.
0: I think that's fair, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, yeah.
2: I have to say I love the idea of a Trump meter. Is that is that <laughs> something that <laughs> Is that like a, something that goes orangier as, uh, <laughs> as, as you your trust from.
0: your trust in Trump uh, rises? It's also interesting for for the people on the left who were convinced this was kind of the thing they were hoping for to vindicate their um, uh, condemnation of Trump for other reasons that are added to to this, uh, which turned out not to be true. Um, the other reasons are still here. But it's interesting to, to, I mean, I don't know, it's almost, not exactly, but it's almost like being a UK resident who wants to stay in the EU and being forced to leave, you're confronted with the reality um, of a situation that you don't like. In this case, if he had colluded, it would have kind of reaffirmed what a lot of the, the people on the left stood for. And they could have said, see, he is as bad as we say. Now they might still, you know, say he's bad. And I think it's fair in many ways. But if Mueller... I think it's fair to trust the Mueller report as well. And if he didn't collude, then what are you left with? It's kind of, well, I mean, he's an asshole, but... <laughs> uh, that's not a, uh, you know, that's not a crime. Um, I mean, yes, there are many other things that that you could... Uh, uh, say about him uh, including possibly some things that would be illegal but i mean this one was the big one so i don't know i think it it impacts the identity of some people quite a bit
1: what's really interesting now after this has come out is is the people that won't accept it uh when we're talking Mm -hmm. mainstream media personalities and mainstream politicians uh and and to be honest, they're playing to their base. The the presidential uh, candidates on the the Democratic side are playing to their base. They're saying what their rep, their base wants to hear, which is, "Well, I'm not going to accept the report until I see the full, unredacted report." Well, that's probably not going to happen um, because there are legal uh, procedures that disallow. The full report to be presented publicly um, and, and that has nothing to do with trump it, it is because it they've probably found things in that report that might not have been good um, and maybe were illegal uh, but they weren't well, probably weren't probably not were illegal but they may not have been good, but they weren't in the scope of the investigation right and our procedures won't allow them to present that publicly because it didn't relate, you know, and, and they're not yeah. going to prosecute. So, and I the, think it's the fair. Full report's and, not going to come out.
0: And, and I think it's fair. That's how, you know, uh, the law works for, for many different valid reasons. Um, I also think if things had been reversed, I think roles would be reversed. Um, the 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 left would be claiming moral victory and the right would be saying that they they won't accept the report until they see the full report or whatever, you know, uh, BS is currently being uh, uh, shoveled by the, the left. Um, I do think there is some element of frustration that is valid, though, and I wonder what you think of it, um, in that there are some, at least from what we've heard, there are... Um, Issues with the president's direct uh, entourage, like his son and his son-in-law having themselves actually uh uh I don't know if the legal term is colluded, but certainly having had discussions and interactions with uh Russian operatives and not having reported them to the FBI, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and that I think is also, you know, it maybe the splash don't quite right reach Trump. But it's certainly not a a, a nice uh, uh, attitude. <laughs> what do you think of this? Is this does it play into the way you look at it at all, or or not really?
1: So so first of all, the the legal term is conspiracy. Collusion is not a is not an actual thing. Um, all right. But I, I I don't know. I haven't, of course, I haven't seen the report, and I don't know where people are. And, and we know that there were conversations uh that that's proven uh that there were conversations between i I can't remember if it was trump jr or jared kushner and and the russian or maybe both i believe it it was both
0: yes and and the kind of conversation where the the russians say hey we have dirt on clinton and that kind of thing if you're a good american stand-up citizen you should probably go to the fbi is my understanding
1: and Probably, probably. Um, however, if it were, it, it was investigated, and if it was a illegal, they would have indicted. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any doubt about that. Now, I'm I'm kind of putting my opinion, my my theory on it. But if if they had investigated those conversations and found that something illegal had happened, they would have indicted the, uh, Trump Jr. or Kushner. So, yeah, it, was it something that? They probably shouldn't have been doing, probably. Uh, But was it illegal? Like it's like it's being made out to be. Probably not. Or I feel like there would have been an indictment. So that Mm -hmm. just goes back to prove the whole thing of not necessarily the best people. And you know, I, I I don't like. And I don't know that this is whataboutism. I think for whataboutism, you have to be saying it's okay for your side because the other side. I'm not saying it's okay for my side, but uh, both sides in that election have been shown to have communicated with other nations that weren't necessarily friendly to the United States in in order to get opposition research. So I don't like it either way, but let's not pretend that the other side –
0: yeah are are you i did i hadn't heard about this but are you sure that the clinton campaign like at at a serious level communicated with foreign operatives to get dirt on trump
1: that's that's my <clears throat> excuse me that's my understanding okay um do, do i have proof of course not i'm a dude in ohio but that that's my understanding
0: yeah that's okay i'm not going to let you get away with this like i'm a dude in ohio um in the case of Trump there was a, a an actual investigation and if you say and maybe I'm wrong you know maybe there was there is some actual valid uh, uh um suspicion or even uh proof of that happening in on the Clinton side but I feel it's a little bit uh, uh easy to say well you know I've heard that maybe this happened on the other side too so hmm it's kind of the same you know it's it doesn't seem to me to be the same if uh the, the 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 investigation, the serious investigation happened on the Trump side and not on the um on the Clinton side. And the investigations that happened for the um the the mail server issues uh turned out to have no indictments and no uh uh issues at all in the what two or three investigations there there were. And that's the ones I've heard about. So I feel I, yeah. I'm pushing back a little bit on, on that, you know, you saying, hey, I'm, I, I, I don't know if it's true, but I've heard that, especially in today's world, right?
1: Sure. And and that's fine. Uh, I will be the first to admit that I don't know. Mm. Um, I, but they are there are mainstream politicians at this point calling for the Clinton campaign to be investigated now. Okay. So um <laughs> so there has maybe been it will happen i guess Trump. Yeah. it may it may not mm. it I, if he has his way it will but um and that means it probably will unless he knows that it's not true so that's how i'll that's how i'll know if the investigation actually happens then i would suspect that at least there's enough evidence to think that it's true and then I'll, ma- I'll wait I'll wait and make hold my judgment until after the investigation. But if the investigation does not happen, that means that Trump knows it's not true.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, so that was the uh, no collusion part of the episode. Um, we discussed a- another story, which I'm not sure you wanted to, to discuss or not. Um, it's fine if we skip it. It's- it seemed a little bit sordid. But,
1: um, yeah, it, it's, it's news. It, it's definitely a hot topic right now. And, uh, for, for the, uh, American listeners, they're probably well aware of it, but I, I believe both Patrick, you and Bruce were not aware of this story. Uh, I know Patrick wasn't Bruce. Were you aware of this story?
2: I've, I've heard parts of it, but I don't know. It, uh, I don't know it fully. No.
1: Okay. So, so for the, uh, non-american listeners which i know you have many many uh i will do a quick recap there's an actor uh his name is jesse smollett smollett i'm not sure the exact pronunciation of his last name um he is on the show empire uh which is i believe on abc uh it's a it's a network television show he is seen the
0: first season i think didn't like it very much
1: okay, well, he is an african American gay man, and he um made some allegations uh, a few weeks ago maybe maybe months ago at this point uh the first one was that he had received a hate letter kind of like the the cliched someone cut the letters out of uh magazines um Making threats, and there was white powder, a suspicious white powder in the letter. And uh, a, a bit later, uh, he was, he, he made an allegation that he was attacked in uh, downtown Chicago at two o'clock in the morning by two. And I'm going to try to get the, the facts separated from the, the, um, the stated facts. So the facts will be as I believe they are. And the stated facts are more of this is what conservatives are saying on Facebook. Um, so I believe the facts of the matter was two men wearing MAGA hats saying this is MAGA country. And just just for some reference, the, the stated facts were two white men. I don't think that it was ever said two white men, but that I could be wrong on that.
0: I'm guessing, um, you know, if he if he says this happened, it It would be surprising if he described it as two Latin Americans, right? Well,
1: (laughs) Patrick, this is – it's going to get real crazy for you here in a little bit. Okay. So just uh, hold on to your seat. Um, (laughs) So the allegation was they they put a noose around his neck. They knocked him down, kicked him in the ribs, broke a couple of his ribs, and um, again, and yelled, this is MAGA country. He got back to his house. Um, Someone called the police. And filed a report I uh, believe like I, I believe it was his manager that did that. Um, and this is where it starts to get fishy. Um, the police asked for him for his cell phone so they could verify like timelines and things like that. And he wouldn't give it to them. He eventually gave them a a call log that was heavily redacted um, and that'll come into play a little bit later. So they they scoured video because there's lots of cameras in Chicago. They scoured video, and what they f- eventually found was there were two black men uh, who they believed – they didn't have video of the actual assault, but they they believed that these were the two men that assaulted him. Um, turns out that the two and, – and he actually, I believe in video, he, he uh, said, those are the guys that attacked me. That that that's I believe I'll will just preface with I believe that's what happened. Um, turns out that the two black men were friends of his, um, personal trainers, two uh, African men brothers. Um, that, so I this is I believe true <laughs> that when they they raided the guy's house or they, they investigated the the two men's uh, apartment. They found rope, they found MAGA hats, Um, so they thought that these were the guys that did it. Well, it started getting very confusing because he knew them. Uh, One of them had been on the show with him. The other was his personal trainer at one point. Um, There They're saying that there's a check that he wrote to the men, so the allegation now has become that he paid the men to commit a hoax crime, a hoax hate crime. And the Chicago Police Department came out. They said that. They had enough evidence. They charged him with committing this hoax hate crime. Uh, A couple weeks go by, and now this is where the news, the current news, I apologize for the length of that recap, but I felt like the whole story was important for people to know. Um, The Chicago prosecutor, the state's attorney that was prosecuting, uh, dropped the charges, Uh, with no real explanation sealed his record and said that he the the city was going to keep his ten thousand dollar bond and he had uh done some community service time so they were going to drop the charges and seal his record um which ten thousand dollars for a person of his wealth is nothing and alleged uh, the the then this is uh, Rumor, I think, uh, is that the community service time was actually previously served community service time. It had nothing to do with this. Um, The mayor of Chicago, the superintendent of the Chicago Police Department, they are livid about the dropping of the charges. They they are absolutely fighting mad. Um, The uh, it's being said that the FBI is investigating the state's attorney for what she did. She at one point has said that she had recused herself of the investigation because a a friend of Michelle Obama called the state's attorney on Jesse Smollett's behalf to get some leeway for him. And I, apparently she's saying she recused herself because of that, but she never actually recused herself. Her assistant is saying that she never recused herself. She just colloquially collo- – oh, wow, that's a hard one uh, – <laughs> Colloquially, Colopoli? confused yeah. herself. Yeah, refused herself, er, recused herself. Having trouble today, um, which means she didn't. Uh, but she was just saying she did. Uh, so it, it's a mess. Uh, it's a still an ongoing story. There's a a heavy um, feel of corruption and definitely some 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 wealth privilege coming into play. But um, that, that's the story. And probably af- after the Mueller report, and maybe today, before the Mueller report, it's the biggest story go- that I'm seeing right now. Mm. Well, I can,
0: I can see how that story is uh, uh, making a lot of noise because it's embarrassing for a lot of people and juicy for a lot of people. I mean, let's not uh, uh, dance around the issue. It's kind of a dream story for people on the right who are accused of being uh, um, racist all the time and who now can point to an event where, you know, it's, it's obviously someone very, obviously, no, maybe not obviously, but it seems to be someone very dishonest who fabricated something to make them look bad and then got away with it kind of, or at least that's what it seems like. Um, I mean, the, the ceiling of the record we were just saying that the record of Donald Trump is sealed for some legal reasons. Maybe there are some legal <laughs> reasons here, I guess. But um, do, do you feel like, like, how do you feel about that story? Is it, um, you know, is it, do you, are, are you coming at it like, hey, look, this is how it always goes. And the leftists try to make us look bad. And, and now we have proof. Or obviously that's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean.
1: No, I, I'm not. And, and the way I see it is this was a guy, and, and I think that this is the going theory for him. He was either not making enough money in his opinion or being written out of the show, and he was trying to create this sympathy for himself. That's the, the theory of mm. what has happened here. I don't think he was acting politically. Uh, however, right, so it was just a stunt. he was using – it was, but I think he was using his knowledge of the political climate to help his stunt. You know what I'm saying? Well, of course, yeah.
0: I mean, with the um, MAGA being claimed, uh, claiming that they were MAGA people, obviously he's riding right. the, the political divide, yeah.
1: Now, what was very disturbing to me, and I, I don't really get on the, the media as bad train on this uh, too often. <laughs> I know we've had some conversations off the off the air about it. Um, but the when this in, initial story broke the the assault the alleged assault the the media did go into a frenzy because you were saying it's juicy for us on the right as see it's not always us being mm. racist Well, it was juicy for the left because see I mean literally the headlines were America is a horrible racist place there were uh, mainstream like presidential candidates saying this was a a Modern day lynching was the term that two of them used, Cory Booker and Kamala Harris. Mm. Um, and, and this was before any knowledge. It was just, it was the allegation. And I, I get that. But then, I mean, the if it's true, facts, it's
0: obviously horrible, but yeah.
1: it is. But when the facts started coming out and it looked more and more like it was a hoax, people went back to them and said, Well, how do you feel about this now? And they said, well, we need to wait until we get more information. So it went mm. from 100 miles per hour one way to, well, hold up. Let, let's get the information first. And mm. to me, and I know both sides are going to go with something that is confirmation bias for them, but it was gross to see. And then when this shifted now that he has – there was um, – who was it? Brian Stelter, who is a mainstream media personality. After the the charges were dropped, said, "Well, Jesse Smollett has gone from victim to villain, and now he's a victim again. And it's it's like t- use your head. I mean, why why is it, he a victim?
0: I don't I don't because
1: see now because Brian Stelter is taking the story that he was assaulted because they dropped the charges."
0: Oh, but, OK.
1: But the, the state's attorney's office has literally said this does not exonerate him. One of the uh, prosecutors there on, in an interview was asked, do you believe he's guilty? And he said, yes, they're saying because of the money that he gave in his bond and because of the community service, that's sufficient punishment. So they're dropping the charges. But now. And and there is precedent for that, but under normal circumstances, when someone does that, does that, it's called a diversion of punishment or something like that. Diversion is certainly a a term there. No, under normal circumstances, that person has to admit their guilt. Mm. You know, you, you you give them a a very light sentence, and they admit their guilt. Usually, it's if they they've had no criminal history. But now, Jesse Smollett is not admitting his guilt. He's out there saying, "See, I was right. I was assaulted," so. But the prosecutors are literally saying that they feel that he's guilty. (laughs) So Mm. that's part of the mess as well. And it's ugly.
0: Okay. Yeah, that that seems like the the perfect story to get everyone riled up. Um, You know, you mentioned briefly the fact that we discussed the media. And I keep wanting to talk to you about um, um, Ben Shapiro whom mm-hmm. you you recommended to me as a voice on the right that leaves um you know that that looks at both sides and that is relatively uh neutral and I I think there would be a um a, a, an op- there would be a need for us to discuss this at length but we're not going to do this now what I do want to say, because you're mentioning, you know, all oh, the media are, are uh, like this or like that, and they're biased. And, and certainly sometimes there are stories that make me feel that way as well. But it was a little bit, uh, um, I, I even want to say hurtful to me, that you consider Ben Shapiro as a, a measured voice. Because I listened to, I don't know, three or four of his episodes on your recommendation. And I feel i'm a measured voice, you know I feel I listen as much as possible and consider what other people uh how other people look at situations and I feel Ben Shapiro is the opposite of that, like your contention your your estimation that he's balanced was and I'm not trying to say you know it was hurtful, like oh my God, you hurt me that's not at all like i'm i'm <laughs> I'm trying to say it is I felt the complete opposite, like he might not be. As actually, I felt he was just as biased as anyone else. And what concerned me was that if in America you look at people like this, and to be fair, I now look at people on the left side, like the talk show hosts, hosts, like, um, you know, uh, 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 uh Oliver, what's his name, John Oliver, and Stephen Colbert, even, and uh, uh ah oh, the woman who's very adamant about everything uh, there's a talk show host a, a female talk show host in the US who's very anti trump um oh god i can't remember her name her name surely you know it is
2: that is that ellen no not no, ellen no no no, no she's no. Uh,
1: i know who you're talking about yeah, right. can i just can i say something real quick to yeah. because we may have had a a miscommunication in that conversation okay. where i was talking about ben shapiro I don't think he's neutral by any means. He's absolutely conservative. He, um, The the things that I was saying, if I recall the conversation, were on his normal day-to-day show, Monday through Friday, you're going to get a absolutely conservative point of view from him. It's not going to be neutral. Now, one thing that he does do that's a little different from others is he's going to criticize Trump about as often as he praises Trump. Uh, so- he, he's not a— Trump uh, voter however
0: uh, on that on that just very quickly he doesn't criticize Trump he makes fun of the way he talks or something like that he doesn't actually criticize the guy and that that irked me a lot because I remembered you saying oh he's gonna criticize Trump he he never actually does with anything of substance he makes fun of him which is very different but well, yeah, how you're...
1: many episodes have you listened to?
0: Uh, I said three or four, and, and one or two of them were from The weekend, which okay. I think were the ones you were, you were telling me were more uh, Those were the
1: ones because he has people that disagree with him on, and he doesn't, at least in my experience listening, he doesn't break down and start screaming at them. He has conversations. Mm-hmm. He calls it the Sunday conversation, and that's the one I recommended. Um, he is absolutely criticized. Trump, uh, you may you may have just missed some of that, and I'm not it's saying possible. he gets on there every day and criticizes, but he he absolutely, I mean, when uh, when Trump was praising uh, the the Korean guy, Shapiro yeah, went off. Yeah, Shapiro went off, and I'll, I'll be, rightly so. Uh, he should have never done that. He should have never uh, said he believed him uh, about the the guy that was beaten to death. And and I, I agree with. Shapiro on that. so oh, you mean I, the you know,
0: Saudi Saudi Arabian?
1: uh no. Oh, no. There's another the, the, guy that was beaten the, to was, death
0: in. Yeah, South, there was an American citizen.
1: Korea. I can't remember his name. He was in North Korea. He okay. did something, and they they jailed him. They uh, and, and basically they sent him home in a coma, and he died a few days later. Mm. And uh, Trump basic after he visited said, well, he said he didn't know anything about that. And uh, he shouldn't have said that even if, you know, there's possibility that it's true. Although one American citizen in your prison, you probably are going to know about it as Mm. the the leader of the nation, but he shouldn't have said it either way. But anyway, the whole point, was i i don't want you to think that i think ben shapiro is a a neutral guy he's not okay but he does listen to the other side especially on his sunday conversation
0: well i i listened to a sunday conversation and maybe it wasn't the right one um but i still felt very much like you know my reaction was hey if you listen to the way i hope i uh, I, I don't want to put myself, you know, on on a pedestal or anything, but I really try very hard to listen to people and to understand what they're saying. And I really felt, even on the Sunday conversation that I listened, the, the one or, or two I listened to, that Shapiro was not doing that, uh, and not even a little bit, you know. And maybe I didn't listen to the right one. Maybe it was one where he was, you know, he had a bad morning or or something. <laughs> but everything around a, about him. Everything about Shapiro to me is indistinguishable from every other Fox News type pundit that I I I see in in here and there. He is giving himself the appeal. You know, he's saying, "Hey, you know, I like to be to, to listen to these people and and to have." And I'm not. Uh, 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 um, uh, how how does he? I can't remember exactly how he says it, but. He's saying I'm trying to uh, uh, have a fair assessment or or whatever, but saying it isn't enough. Like you, I, I really hope that the people and this is maybe more about myself and my insecurities than it is about Shapiro, but um, I hope that the pe- people listening to this show get that kind of value out of it and get the kind of effort that we are all together. It's not just me. It's everyone who's coming on the show, yourself, you know, uh, Tony and, and Bruce and everyone else who comes on the show and tries to actively stop for a second and think about what they're talking about and what they're saying and, and being actively making an effort to, to, to counter that training we've all received for since birth to be of one biased opinion. Uh, that's not easy and that has that is important and i really didn't feel like you know i understand you're saying shapiro is a right-wing voice but i didn't feel any of his sincerity in the shows and i didn't listen to just one i listened to three or four um anyway i i wanted to mention it we often you and i tony come to kind of a disagreement a gentleman's disagreement like all right you know i can see where you're coming from and i see why you think that way i disagree but but on shapiro that is you know the the hill i will die on at least with the the four episodes so i wanted to mention it and and you know to let you know that it didn't work for me maybe i should listen to more of what he says
1: i don't know but probably not Mm. (laughs) um and 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 i know patrick that you are not Fishing for compliments but i'm gonna do it anyway oh thank uh, you i was actually if, fishing my plan okay, worked. Go well ahead. fine oh you're horrible um that <laughs> it you are right if there's a a uh, blueprint for listening and being measured and trying to hear both sides it's it's absolutely you otherwise you wouldn't have me on obviously i mean mm. i i've seen uh some reactions to my presence that they're not usually pretty um on on your show i mean so uh but the fact that you have me back shows that you're willing to listen you're willing to get multiple viewpoints and i have told you myself um the conversations that we have have adjusted my thought processes on certain issues um so i'm i'm certainly not ready to go out and hang a sign for bernie or anything but uh <laughs> i i'm Definitely uh, adjusting my point of view, and it's all because of this show. And I think this show is probably one of the best things out there. And uh, I would I- I recommend it to everyone I talk to. All
0: right. Well, thank you very much. That was, yeah, it wasn't that I was fishing, but I will take the compliment. So thank you very much. Um, and I hope that the, the audience uh, applies this I hope, maybe there are other people and other shows that do the same thing. I know there are a couple of podcasts that uh, try to be as, uh, uh, you know, neutral as possible. Not even, it's not even about neutrality. That might be a bad way of putting it, but trying to listen to the other people, which is what I always say. Uh, But it's very rare, and that's what we need nowadays. Anyway, um, all right, Bruce, anything to say about the U.S.? I I kind of forgot to, to ask you because I figured you're so embroiled in your brexit mess but um anything to add uh, yeah. to all of that
2: yeah I, I i've got nothing to add i, I just want to okay. pile on with what uh, tony was saying that and that uh, it's important for us to keep talking um and and i think uh, we've said it before but most of the world's problems are here because people have stopped talking about the political views because they've stopped having conversations difficult conversations where you actually um Crit- you you actually critique your own understanding of of the of the world. Um, so you know, I hats off to to tony uh, for for coming back and repeatedly coming back despite the the crap that possibly I've also given him on the discord. Um, and you know, it's 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 great that. We have people willing to talk, and I'm definitely because of this show searching out more right wing uh, views and trying to and trying to get myself better. So thank you, Patrick. You know, this is you. You really need to pimp this show more on other shows you're on. Is the other yeah. thing I want to
0: say. I, I, um, you know, I try, but it's 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 such not a sexy thing. You know, it's <laughs> it is super unsexy. This show is the least. Fun thing you will listen to in your daily commute as a podcast. It's, it is, I mean, we try to make it kind of funny and entertaining and we're reasonably, you know, used to it. So we kind of manage sometimes, but it's not fun. It's not a fun, uh, it's, it is kind of fun to have the conversations, but I think a lot of people listen to it and think, yeah, I think it's important. It's like vegetables or something. (laughs) And sure, vegetables can be delicious, but it's not a Mm French
2: fry. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <I> th- <laughs> well you know what sometimes you can if, if you live in scotland you just stick them in batter and deep fry them and then you can eat your vegetables <laughs> maybe maybe hey, we could that's a thing here too man <laughs> oh well that's great yeah. see, see we the, do have things in common yeah exactly uh, <laughs> the
0: the 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 deep fried phileas club i think is something that we could all be happy about mm-hmm. um all right. Well, the the idea that we should listen to each other um, is uh, uh, related to the last topic, which is the gilets jaunes in France, which I left very little time for because I feel it's the same thing we've discussed for months now. Um, there was an explosion of... Uh, 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 a reignition of violence a couple of weekends ago, which uh, I'm sure some people outside of the country have seen in- images of, of the Champs Elysees with um, a couple of stores burning. And I usually tend to downplay these images and say that it wasn't as bad as the media makes it look. I think this, that time, a couple of weeks ago, it was pretty bad. Like it was actually. Uh, worse than the worst times from the beginning of the movement of the uh contestation contesting uh, 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 anger movement um and there were a couple of things that burned and it it was it's it, it was bad um and the key issue there is that there is no, um, we actually did an episode last, uh, uh, this month, all in French uh, about this, the situation in um, in in France. And so obviously, if you don't speak French, you, you're not going <laughs> to be very interested in that. But I wanted to uh, address that issue uh, with my countrymen. And we had people from uh, other countries that are also French speaking. So that was interesting. But a big takeaway, I think, from the whole situation is, we don't know how to get out of it. Um, we have the great debate uh, where uh, the whole country has been invited to discuss the issues and to propose solutions. And some people are saying the, the way the, question, the questions are phrased are uh, making them difficult to answer in, in a way you really want to. And But in the next month or so, we're going to have the result of the debate because the government is going to take everything back and and work on proposals to address the issues that the Gilets Jaunes are um, uh, uh, voicing. And the problem is they some of them, not all of them, but some of them are just expressing... Uh, frustration just in the way that I think the UK citizens expressed frustration in the Brexit vote or the US citizens expressed it in the vote uh, for Trump. And and we don't ha- have a vote. So it's both an opportunity for it to fix, be- be- to fix things before it gets to a vote and a- an issue because they're probably not going to stop and they're not going to be happy with the proposals uh no matter what they are. Maybe Macron and his government are gonna have some kind of genius idea in how to what to propose and what to do to address the issues. I guess it's possible. I'm really hoping it will happen. I don't have a lot of faith that it will. But once the proposals are out, the reasonable thing to do would be to um to to wait for the next election which is, well, first of all, there's a May election in for the EU uh, on the 26th of May, as we discussed with, with Bruce. And then there, the other actual presidential election is in, um, in 2022. So we still have a little bit of time before that actually happens. And until then, the people who are unhappy are going to remain unhappy. I don't think anything short of the government actually resigning, which is not going to happen would work. So the government took measures that are extreme, like forbidding demonstrations on the Champs-Élysées, which is being touted at as anti-democratic because of course people have a right to demonstrate and to strike. At the same time, the demonstrations were not cleared with the police department, which demonstrations should be in order to ensure that things don't go awry as they did a couple of times. Um I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm... I was discussing this with my wife a a few days ago, and she was saying, you know... uh, So another conclusion... Sorry, I, I keep talking. But another conclusion that we came from that last episode was some people feel like if you're not screaming, no one hears you, metaphorically. So if you're not burning shit, then no one will pay attention, essentially, is what it means. And it was the idea was that your your voice is heard in those instances, and you have to be extreme in order to get something at all. And I thought that was an interesting way of looking at it. I, I often disagree, and I I'm super measured. I'm like if if I was a superhero, was my my superpower would be to be to be like <laughs> in the in the middle, you know, like to be uh, the measured person. I would be like, oh wait a minute, do you really think that's the case? Um, So the idea that you have to be extreme in order to get what you want, I've had to come around to it in some instances. I think I understand why, yes, you have to slam your fists on the table and say, listen to me in order to be heard. I do think we've passed that point. Like democratically in France, they have been heard. Mm -hmm. And if things don't happen, then the next step is the election. But I understand that sometimes, you know, you need to be to act angrily and certainly You guys in the U.S. and the U.K. have seen examples of that in the past few years. Um, But my wife was saying, you know what? The actual most powerful weapon you have is the vote. And maybe that is what's happening now in France is France being reasonable. Maybe the vote wasn't used for that fist slamming on the table it's being used for demonstrations which are the second to most power to to, you know second most powerful tool they have and when the vote actually happens it will be a lot more uh uh you know not measured but it will be used more responsibly i don't really think that's the case but i would like to um i think the vote might still be very problematic when it whenever it happens and even at the may elections um for the eu elections but i thought it was an interesting idea that the french were actually being reasonable by burning the champs um, and not burning the republic with votes when they were given the opportunity so i don't know maybe there is some unconscious thing happening there in the french uh, uh, ethos i don't know but um I'm wondering, have you have you heard any more about the gilets jaunes, or since it's a continuing issue, it's kind of being lost in the shuffle? Um, Bruce, you have other fish to fry, but um.
2: Um, I think the 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 we haven't heard much more. No, I, I saw something on a site where they were saying it's getting more violent, uh, but we have our own yellow vests. Yeah, the, the 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 nationalists. Uh, English nationalists, in particular, have have taken up the yellow vest as their uh, as their symbol. So hmm. it doesn't really have a good connotation over here now anymore. Hmm. Um, so it's kind of viewed not very I, d- I don't think many people are talking about it i'm certainly not with anyone i'm, I'm okay. speaking to
0: and, and to be to be fair the yellow vests themselves most of them just want to demonstrate peacefully mm-hmm. um there are a lot of rioters that come there just to riot and that are actively like there are a lot of um, anti-capitalist movements that are you know we could discuss this for another hour uh, but that are often a little bit uh, violent and the, the a group called the black blocks and people mm-hmm. who go there to break stuff for seemingly or at least allegedly social issue reasons. But mm-hmm. yeah. Tony, have you. Do the US care about the yellow vests anymore? Or, I mean, there were the Champs stores burning on the Champs Elysees. So surely some media outlets were using it to further their agenda,
1: right? Oh, sure. It, it came up as a. Uh Look and see what happens, kind of thing. Um, what happens
0: when I, I, what? That's the interesting part. What happens? So, when?
1: so the um, the the perspective I saw was actually more of a. This is what happens when you uh, socialism. <laughs> 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 I know you have your own issues with that kind of talk, but um, you know oh, the so the funny. gas. What? Well, okay. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I apologize. It got a laugh, so that's good. But it wasn't socialism. <laughs> it was and I, I know this is gonna create some waves, but the environmentalism stuff, which oh, really? I'm not against. Yes. But so the the carbon tax and things like that have pushed the gas prices up, which has caused these people to be disenfranchised, which has which obviously probably not the cause, but has been a factor in some of the issues. So that's what I saw. Um,
0: that's interesting on my side yeah yeah that's that's interesting it can be traced if you if you do some very creative tracing um the the (laughs) the the, the straw that broke that broke the camel's back um was indeed a, a gas tax that was added um to a situation where those people were already in considering themselves in very bad situations. Uh, but to give you an, an, an idea of what they want, um, it's very disparate and it, disparate. No, maybe not. that's not the word. It's very random, a lot of different things. But what they're asking for, those people that your media are saying, oh, the poor people are being exploited by, uh, 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 you know, it's being uh, uh, forced upon them by the environmentalists. Uh, they're asking for retirement age at 60, uh minimum wage at a hundred at a thousand three hundred euros. It's currently uh, maybe fifteen percent lower, um, and the end of homelessness, like these kinds of weird, like unapplicable demands. Um, but it would it's probably the opposite of the kind of people that the the right wing media in the U.S. would um, think would agree with them. Um, so that's funny that that's how they would. They would use it to clarify. So, so real, yeah, oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead. Tom. Well, I was just going to say, with your with your minimum wage, what is that based off... What what time frame is that based off of? Is that like per month, per week? Oh, yeah, how, per how month. Is,
0: per month, of course. Per um, month. So, okay. the minimum wage is set, and and it hasn't gone up in a while. It follows inflation mandatorily every year, um, and it hasn't gone up beyond inflation for for a long time. And since inflation is pretty low. It means that minimum wage hasn't gone up in a while. And it's it's fairly low. If you're on minimum wage in France, it's hard to make a living. Uh, now, of course, you have healthcare and education and unemployment benefits and all of that. So you have a lot of safety nets. So it's not as hard as it would be in the US. But it's not like luxurious life if you're on minimum wage. It's not what anyone would want. But
1: Sure. Yeah. And, and uh, you said a, a thousand-some euros a month you you have any idea what that would be in an hour hourly wage
0: um it would probably be around 10 uh, dollars uh 10 euros an hour Mm -hmm. um but of course we had a lot of uh uh, taxes so that would be after tax i think it's about 10 euros which would be 12 dollars 12 or 13 dollars something like that per hour yeah Um, So so the the current minimum wage, the the, the minimum wage they're asking for is an arbitrary increase of 15 percent or something. So and that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, there's a push here by a a lot of people to push the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Mm. Um, And it's been shown that that actually tax uh, it's it's pre-tax pre-tax okay it's pre-tax yeah of course our taxes is less i believe right um but it's been shown that that just hurts business and as it results in a loss of jobs um so it's it's tough uh I, i i understand the the dilemma there you you want people to be able to make enough money to to live um but if if you hurt business and they can't afford to hire people, well, then you're not going to have any money, you, you know. So I, I get the well, dilemma that's there the, for sure.
0: That's the that's always the balance you have to find because obviously in France as well, the reason you know we're not raising minimum wage to I don't know by a hundred percent is the same reason. Um, you want labor to be competitive, uh, especially in a in a country or a union in the case of EU, uh, where it's possible to uh, uh, delocate, (laughs) to to go and find workers elsewhere, or to get people uh, um, from other parts to come and work for you um, in... in, Well, if minimum wage is higher, then I guess it's the same for everyone. But that issue is the reason that is always um, uh, put in opposition to minimum wage. And certainly it plays here as well. I will say, however, that it is a very very different story um in in the eu or in france when you have those social safety nets and yeah. in the us when you don't you know right. if i think poverty in the us is a lot more impactful uh than it is in france so i don't think it would be as re- as unreasonable to say in the us you know it's it's impossible to make a living on ten bucks an hour, which is what I think the minimum wage is now, right? Something like that.
1: I, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, it's
0: probably it's around, around. Around there. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um It was five fifty when I started working.
0: Oh wow. Five <laughs> fifty? Wow. But you've been working for a while, I'm sure. A hundred years at least. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I think that the, the two aren't quite you know you can't compare the two amounts uh that easily. I think being poor in the u.s is a lot harsher than it is in um in in france but i
2: i, I think I tend to agree though with Tony, but for completely different reasons, um I think minimum wage should be replaced by a basic minimum basic income, but uh, oh, that's
0: a whole other universal kind of, basic yeah.
2: income. Yeah, and I know there's been some stuff in in Finland about that recently, but and I have views on that, but uh, I don't think we've got the time to go into.
0: Yeah, it that's now. that's mm-hmm. an, an entirely different conversation. It's an interesting mm-hmm. one as well. Mm-hmm. I think one that might give gray hair to 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 Tony and and the people on the right of any uh, <laughs> uh, aisle in any country. <laughs> um, well,
1: first of all, I've already got a few gray hairs. Secondly, <laughs> um, I, I am more in favor of have a minimum basic income than I am the the welfare system that the United States has in place now. I would be in favor of switching to a minimum basic income as long as we got rid of the the welfare system that we currently have in place. Really? Oh, that's Mm -hmm. interesting.
0: So you think everyone in the U.S. should receive like, I don't know, a thousand bucks a month, no matter what, or 800, whatever it is. Even if they work, if they don't work whatever um so
1: i may have some mis mis uh oh, okay, I may not yeah. know exactly what it is because it, in my mind um, and <laughs> please correct me if I'm wrong, but the one that i've seen uh put forth was you you have a minimum basic income, and if you don't make that you you get. Up to that. So if you make eight hundred, if if it's a thousand dollars and you make eight hundred, you get two hundred extra dollars. Not everyone gets a thousand dollars. That would be stupid.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> it is stupid. Wow. that's so. The the way it works, we're just going to cover it very very quickly. But the way it works is um, minimum basic income. In the ways I've seen it suggested in in Europe mm-hmm. and what's being tested in Finland at the moment, we don't have the results yet. But uh, it's a couple of cities that have it in place. Is everyone Gets a thousand bucks or whatever the amount is, uh, it, regardless of whether or not you have a job or not. And uh, obviously, it's just on the limit of what you need to do to have, uh, uh, uh to, to not starve. <laughs> so you can make a li- you can have a life. Um, and if you start working, you keep that money so that there isn't a, a, an incentive to not work. Because if you if you Get it uh, uh if you get it taken away if you start working up to the point that you make the same amount, then people are not gonna work. Um and the counter of that is that um of course you still have healthcare and education and all of those good things that you have in, in um uh, European countries. But there isn't any selective uh, assistance, like if you need help for uh, housing, you don't get that. You don't have anything like food stamps or, you know, all of those additional things that exist now uh, go away because you already have a minimum, uh, uh, you know, uh, basic income and... What that does is that it helps the government. It actually, some calculations um, say that it actually costs roughly as much because you don't worry mm-hmm. about the calculations and the administration to decide who gets what and all of that uh, BS. You just get give everyone some money. And people who mm-hmm. work have an incentive to work because they get even more money, Um And most people, let's be honest, uh, wouldn't be happy with just a a thousand bucks or whatever it is. I've seen, you know, 800 euros as numbers bandied about. That's not uh, set, but that's the idea.
2: Um, yeah I uh, just just I think there's there are two different things we're talking about and it's possibly my uh, uh, imprecise way of saying things um, the what what uh, Tony uh, mentioned is minimum basic income what I'm what I'm referring to as universal basic income which is which is exactly what Patrick is saying oh, so, okay you okay, U, okay. U, ubi is everyone gets a thousand pounds a month no matter whether you work or not and in, what happens with that is that wages actually decrease a bit uh, to, to compensate for that. So what happens is everyone gets a little bit, uh, and then wages are slightly, slightly lower. In that, people don't really necessarily need the money to pay for their rent; uh, they just need the money to be able to get you know, Sky Sports or something like that, um, or you know, cable TV in America, etc. Um, it's it's a big debate. There is definitely, definitely many sides to the story. But the more and more I look into it, the more I see it makes sense. Especially since, and I will, I will add, where I work is, uh, you talk about um, people getting benefits, etc. I work in health and social care, and we have people get lots of money uh, from health and social care, uh, and rightfully so, rightfully so, as uh, people with disabilities and older people, etc. Um, uh, but there is a lot of money spent. On uh, deciding eligibility and um, you know even rooting out people who are faking it, who, are, who mm. are not as not as many as you would think, but it's still a lot of money spent on it. So uh, so yeah, there there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of aspects to it, and uh, I would I would love to um, if if I was to uh, have my ideal job, it would be in that field and researching that. To be honest. Mm.
0: um yeah it's it's a really interesting idea i don't think most people are saying outright yeah let's do it it's going to be awesome but i think a lot of people the, the thing with this idea is that initially i think any sane reasonable people person is going to think look at it and think this is just dumb like mm-hmm. what are you what are you talking about uh and i think that's the initial reaction of everyone myself in- included um and and the the when the more you think of it, the more you look at it, and the you know when you realize it doesn't really cost more and et cetera et cetera, the more you think, well, I don't know, maybe maybe like let's think about it more, let's study it more and of course, everyone is aware there are issues like it couldn't mean people don't feel like working a lot, and it would but you know uh, uh, the 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 rosy view of it is like oh everyone could decide what they do and they would have more freedom Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't be enslaved to the idea that they have to get that much money but then you're like well if people start working less then there are less taxes and then how do you pay Mm -hmm. for all of this and all of these are valid Um, but I think the 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 assessment of it quickly goes not quickly but for many people goes from this is just dumb stop wasting my time to um, yeah that's actually it might be interesting. I don't know if mm. if it works for you, Tony, you seem to think it was dumb from the beginning, but
1: uh Well, I just thought the idea that well, I'll just use myself, that I would get an extra thousand dollars a month. That's a waste of a thousand dollars a month. Not that I couldn't right. use an extra thousand you know what I'm saying? But I don't <laughs> yeah, need yeah, it. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't need that to survive. I don't need that even to, to be comfortable. So that just is, seems like a waste of a lot of money. But if you're saying that it's proven that the fact that you don't have to administer it, you don't have to monitor, you don't have to figure out who gets what ends up saving, I guess I see that. And if it's cheaper to just give everyone $1,000 rather than make sure everyone gets up to $1,000, then – I guess that's good if it's cheaper. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. I I don't know that it's proven, but I think some studies show that it it would cost roughly the same. But of course, as you know, with every study, some people will say, well, this doesn't take into account this and that. And I think the main worry is if it it means that some people are going to work less, you know, a part of the population is going to work less, then it reduces the amount of tax. The calculations are being made with the current amount of tax. But if that... Gets lower, and that kind of, and that's why some countries are trying it out to see what happens in some localized administrations. So it's um, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. one thing I didn't like the sound of, uh, and I can't remember. I, I believe it was Bruce that mentioned it, but it may have been Patrick. Um, the The idea that if I get an extra thousand dollars a month from my government, that my employer might pay me less a thousand dollars a month. I don't mm. like the idea Mm-mm. of um, relying more on the government, and this is my conservative nature coming through. Mm-hmm. I don't want to rely on the government more, just because, and and my employer less. I, I want to earn my money through my employer. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I think I think that's a valid not complaint, valid concern because uh, it it might not necessarily mean your your salary is reduced by a thousand and might be five hundred, so you might be you know five hundred up. I think I think that these sorts of things are, are are definite things that need to be discussed. I'm not saying. I th- I'm I'm an advocate for uh, UBI, and I think it would be a good idea. And I think the human race as a whole needs to get beyond this idea that uh, uh, that we're all uh, we're all lazy. It wouldn't help each other in in in, in if we weren't you'd be getting paid for it. But um, there are always there's always going to be situations uh, that 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 arise from it. I mean, for me, it. What it comes down to, and the ultimate, ultimate thing is that, bluntly put, we have enough food in the world to feed everyone. Uh, and automation over the next 10 to 50 years is going to make it so that we don't actually need humans, or we need very few number of humans to create food. So basically what we all need is food. And if we, we have that then why is it that people are still struggling and starving if all, all the automation in the world we have robots picking our food delivering it to rest delivering it to to us and pretty soon delivery trucks are going to be um you know google controlled they're not going to be not going to need drivers what's going to happen to all those people who have those jobs i think it's, it's very unfair to them to say, well, you know, your, your job got taken by a robot, all the money's going to go to Jeff Bezos or, or (laughs) you know, or or Google, and you're not going to have a job anymore. So there there is a fundamental um, uh, issue that we need to address in the next 50, you know, 50 years or so. And ideally we'd want to end up in the world of Star Trek where, uh, where everyone just gets along and we can replicate our food whenever we want oh i'm sure um, that's gonna happen i'm sure that's the way it's gonna go uh, it's it's not as easy as that but i think you know there is enough food in the world to feed everyone right now right now it's just distribution of wealth and distribution of the food that that's that that is the problem so so yeah um Mm. that that's where i stand and i i I don't think it'll be easy and i don't think I, i i don't think um i have all the answers definitely not well, there's, so,
0: yeah. there's, again, I, we're going to bring the show to a close fairly soon, but again, there is so much, uh, to say here because obviously <laughs> this situation ha- we've been in this situation before where we were thinking, oh, you know, industrialization, robots are going to do this and that. And what are people going to do? And we found other things for people to do. And, and it was hard for the, you know, uh, 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 people on farms, farmers, there you go, that's the word, um, mm-hmm. who there were too many of them and they had to go to the cities and and it actually led to uh, a, a, a decrease in standards of living for the majority of the population for a, a few decades.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But eventually it worked itself out and we created new jobs. Um, so it's very possible that this will happen again. It's also very possible... This will not happen again. You know, uh, mm-hmm. past performance is not guarantee of future performance. How are the fr- mm-hmm. However, the phrase goes, and it might be that we're like, well, lots of people don't have stuff to do, um, mm-hmm. and 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 certainly, I think the the universal basic income is a, an interesting idea to explore. I yeah. don't think it should be dismissed out of hand. Doesn't mean it's necessarily a, a valid uh, answer, but.
2: It might lead to a completely different answer, but I think it de- it's definitely something we need to explore as a human race. Mm. Mm.
0: That's the kind of leftist talk that, that gives me, gets me all itchy. Um, it, it's funny because when you're saying, um, you know, all the money goes to Jeff Bezos and what are we left with, it's really interesting because very, very quickly the um, the intent behind the... Uh, copyright directive, the new copyright directive voted by the EU. And I'm sure everyone has heard a lot about. I could criticize it for 15 days and still be here talking. But I will say one thing, which is the intent behind it, is it creates a lot of difficulties for the big companies, which mean it translates into more costs. What it really means at the end of the day, complications, but really more costs. And... If the costs mean that it transfers money um, on top of the costs to some of the content creators in Europe, then maybe it's worth it because it doesn't mean that those companies are going to be making money. It means they're Mm -hmm. probably going to be making less money. Maybe distribute some of that money to uh, content, you know, artists and journalists in Europe and, you know, anywhere else that implements these kinds of systems. So it costs to put the infrastructure in place and it costs to pay the licenses. And there are a ton of issues that come with that. But the intent is they are making billions and billions in profits. Maybe it's okay to transfer some of those billions, which is the effective effect of of, uh, what would happen if everything goes well, to the people whose content they are effectively using, on in addition to tons of very innovative stuff, to make their uh, money. So it, it's really reminiscent of what you were saying, Bruce, of you know the money going to Jeff Bezos's
2: pockets. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd I'd hear a, a left a lefty arguing for the trickle down uh, economics. Well, that's not <laughs> exactly <laughs> trickle down know, supply, it's, side you know. supply side. Supply side, yes. Tony, you, you told okay, us. Sorry, sorry. Th- it,
0: this is not at all uh, <laughs> supply side economics. It's quite the opposite. The government is forcing those uh, those big entities to pay for things they don't want to pay for. I don't think it's supply side economics at all. But, okay. Um, okay. Maybe, maybe there's a way to link the two I'm not seeing. but uh.
2: Uh, um, uh, Just a quick question on that, Patrick. I saw something um, on my Twitter feed the other day and I didn't investigate it. But did some MEPs uh, vote the wrong way? accidentally yeah there was
0: some swedish meps who voted the wrong way on another Uh, on another no it was like a preliminary thing which was uh, giving the opportunity to vote uh, on on removing those articles and they it wasn't enough to change that vote and even if it was the vote that it would have created probably wouldn't have had any effect um right. but it's kind of like Brexit. Once you voted, you voted. Like you can't yeah. say, "Oh, sorry, I missed like that would create an entire whole host of other issues." <laughs> so, just like Trump, just like Brexit, once you voted, that's you it. Live with it. It's done. Hmm. You have
2: to live with it. Okay. Well, I I I play uh Warcraft with some Swedes, so I understand how they can make a mistake <laughs> like that.
0: <laughs> they they always <laughs> construct the wrong uh, uh structure. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah I'm not even to go into it yeah <laughs> all right, I think almost two hours, Jesus people what oh, yeah, that's uh but it was it was lovely that that slice of deep fried Phileas Club was amazing, <laughs> so uh thank you for spending that time with me. No uh, thank you for waking up early, Tony. Do you have any uh online activity you wanna you want to pimp?
1: I'm always at at Tony Staley on Twitter, and that's pretty much what i do <laughs> the link will be in the show notes what about you bruce
2: uh i'm i'm at uh, bruce woodward three on twitter and i'm also on uh, patrick's uh the phileas clubs um uh Patreon. slack oh, Patreon. Slack. oh the uh, slack, slack yes. account. yeah we're we're um, taking the piss out of each other um and i'd also <laughs> like to add that uh, that um the phileas club does have patrick on it every week so it is sexy so um, i think it should be, you know i think you should be pimping it more patrick yeah.
0: <laughs> thank you i'll try i'll try um <laughs> And actually, the the Patreon you mentioned the Slack. Uh, some of the patrons have access to the Slack, and uh, I also did a an editorial where where I summarized uh, the last episode uh, in French. So if you want to understand what we talked about and what this whole thing is is all about. Um, I I talked a little bit about it now but I went into much more details uh, for the patrons on the private podcast feed so you can check that out by becoming a patron and you can also just become a patron because you enjoy the show and you think it's worth it if so just go to patreon.com slash the the link will also be in the show notes and uh, join us we're a merry bunch and we have a lot of fun especially on the slack if you want to support to that level Thank you both for being on the show And I will talk to All of you uh, very soon Bye